0: For the death. Blasting through a ceiling. In a record-setting IPO. Investors who have been riding the wave. When the stock market is booming, we're made to believe the economy is booming.
1: As the stock market goes, so goes the wealth and the health and economy.
0: So what exactly is the stock market measuring?
1: 98.4 Capital FM. Good evening. On this beautiful, wonderful Tuesday evening, it is time for Financial Forecast. A show that seeks to delve into matters economy, finance, and money matters. Nyambura Ndongo alongside Ken Gishinga, Chief Economist, Mentoria Economics. Ken, how are you doing?
0: Good evening, Nyambura. How
1: is your November? Uh, it's
0: a good November. I'd yep. say. Great to see you. Great to have uh, a Tuesday moment to reflect on what we going on locally and globally, yep. and it's been a, you know, a good long weekend for to plant some trees.
1: Did you? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I'd already done some planting one month ago, so yesterday I explained
1: myself. It actually is being said that we are planting these trees because uh, we need to get heavily into carbon credits. So, do you foresee that is the line that we are going, you know, that is a potential uh, revenue cash cow for the country?
0: You know this is one of the local papers that read that story. Yeah. That this is part of the conditions. Right. You know, we talk about conditions. uh uh-huh. Yeah, but yeah, it, in a way it paints a picture of how much we need to do as a country. Yeah. To be able to check the boxes, to meet the international requirements, and it's, yeah, it's, it's not an easy task for
1: the government. So, it's a starting point, a starting we can say. Yeah. Okay. So, we are headed in the right direction. <laughs> we are heading in the right direction. You can say you're listening to us at ninety eight point four Capital FM. You can catch us online at www.capitalfm.co.ke/listen live. We appreciate your comments, your feedback, your questions. You can get at on a, get us on our WhatsApp line zero seven zero one nine eight four nine eight four and our socials X Facebook at Capital FM Kenya hashtag Financial focused. And as you set in to start your week, well, this this week started on Tuesday. You can get uh, time to review what happened last week and what is forecasted to be happening this week by getting your weekly report every Monday by subscribing to www.mentoria.co.ke. Can I realized uh, since we had the long holiday that we didn't have so much information that was out there, I think uh, both globally, regionally, even local, not, not, really much happened because I think um, as we've discussed over the number of shows that we've had and we have been looking at the markets, we have been looking at the data and we are seeing it's like uh, we are at a can I call it a slump where what happened last week, what is happening this week, what is likely to happen next week, we are not seeing much of a change and uh, we can also see like um, in the states, uh, other than having The Fed's always meeting and maintaining, uh, not increasing the interest rates as well in Europe. And we can see what's happening in Asia. Pretty much not much has happened uh, within, say, the last few weeks and uh, at least last week and this week. So mostly what came about was in the U.S. um, the interest rates outlook. uh, What is your focus on that? Uh, I think that is the one thing they are are looking at uh, reviewing this week.
0: Well, that's a very good uh, point. Uh, Indeed, uh, much of economic commentary uh, tends to be very heavy on what the central banks do, Uh, and rightly so, because they determine the direction of credit uh, in terms of how much credit is flowing in the economy. So it's a good point when you say that the central banks, whether it's the Fed or the Bank of England or uh, the central bank, uh, th- when they maintain rates, indeed one might get the sense that indeed things have, uh, in a way, flattened out. Mm, yeah. But it's important that the listener also realizes that there are other actors participate in the economy. The central banks are not the only. In fact, central banks only speak to monetary policy. There are other actors. And here in Kenya, we had our own very president yeah. uh, giving the state of the, the nation address, which yeah. I think possibly is possibly one of the most important addresses. Yeah. So economic planning does not necessarily have to come from the banks. Right. The, the central banks play a big role. Uh, But we tend to look at the National Treasury, fiscal policy. There's an incredible paper in the National Treasury website on taxes and tax expenditure. So you might find commentary uh, is dominated by central banks. Mm. But that's not to say that there are no other actors. There are many other actors, whether it's the Bureau of Statistics, uh, looking at the latest inflation, uh, whether it's the state of the nation address. So part of our economic outlook, really, is to tie in as much as is possible, from whether it's fiscal policy, monetary policy, regulatory policy. Mm-hmm. The regulators who are making very big decisions. Yeah. There are the ministries, individual line items. When we look at the US uh, interest rate outlook, which I think is quite interesting, because you know, in part of my discussions with various managements, yeah that seems to become an important question. What is our outlook on U.S. interest rates? And for me, I find that very exciting because that never used to be the case. I think people are starting to understand uh, what is happening in the U.S. has such a big impact on our local currency, on our stock market, that nowadays people are very curious about interest rate outlook in the U.S. And that's varied. I know UBS, one of the big banks, has come up saying they see massive rate cuts about 275 basis points over the course of next year. Okay. Goldman Sachs, which is another investment bank, has been a bit more conservative. They feel pretty much any rate cut before Q4 next year will be premature. Mm. Uh, but the fact that we're having this conversation is very exciting because yeah. that was never the case. People mm. never used to really think of how those global indicators will affect them. So it tells us people are really coming alive. Yeah and I think it's it's really wonderful in terms of strategic planning because that affects so much. That it affects your currency, it affects uh, your local interest rates, and, 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 and such.
1: And I know that sheds more light into something that you highlighted in our last episode uh, last week on Tuesday, and you say that you foresee when the central bank meet later, towards the end of this year, there's a likelihood they're going to increase the interest rates based on what is actually happening in what is playing in the global markets. So are these some of the things that we're meant to be looking at, even as you said, you're speaking to various managements and they want to know, okay, we are going into 2024, and I think most of the time um, when we're forecasting, and this is something that you also raised as your parting shot last week was... The CFOs and the CEOs need to take so much keen interest into how it is the forecasting is going to be done because right now we have to look at what is happening globally and how this has already affected how we are locally and we can see um, even towards the end of the year the interest rates are still going to be on a high. So this like your your input and in the global uh scenario plays very much into what is happening to us but uh, how would i knowing that information and um, i know for global players there's what we call hedging and all that for me who's here a local business person who deals mostly in commodities and kenya shillings in kenya shillings How would I anticipate and mitigate some of these shocks that are definitely going to be affecting us in 2024?
0: Another very, very powerful question, Yambura. In fact, I think that said the second important question that came up um, in the management meeting today was the issue of crude oil. Hmm. What's our outlook on crude oil? Now, that's a complex question because that ties in international geopolitics, Israel, Hamas, um, and local... Situations, so I think as uh, somebody who's sitting down to do a proper strategic plan for next year, I think the smart way of thinking about it is first to locate the big geopolitical events. Right. Um, this is the U.S. elections next year. Mm-hmm. That will be a big event. Um, this is uh, Israel-Hamas. Right. Obviously, Russia-Ukraine still continues, and to be able to make some guesstimates Mm. on how those would play out. Because based on how those play out, they influence inflation. Yeah, If Israel and Hamas really escalates, Mm -hmm. fuel prices go up, Mm. global inflation picks up, and the central banks have nothing else but to raise interest rates. So geopolitical events give you an impression of inflation outlook once you have a good inflation outlook and to say okay I think I don't see fuel going up to 300 as we were told by uh, (laughs) a leading figure last week I don't see these, Uh but these are the assumptions that you need to be making so anytime you have a strategic plan you need to be putting assumptions and say I see maybe the US elections going this way, Mm. I see Israel Hamas playing that way So I see maybe only a 5% rise in crude oil. I expect inflation to remain tame, and therefore the central banks will need not, uh, particularly because, like, Europe is going into a recession. So you don't expect the Bank of of England or the ECB Mm. to continue raising interest rates. America is doing pretty well, but even then, you saw how the consumer confidence is declining. So one gets a sense that maybe we've hit peak Maybe next year, maybe these banks are right in calling rate cuts right. next year, which means that could be a good thing for us. Now, that translates into currency because when the, c- when the interest rates start coming down, then you start seeing the currency, how it plays out mm. in, in, in a different way. So now, depending on the business that somebody is in, you know, every business has different dynamics. A private equity its biggest concern is currency because you're buying a business in Kenya in dollars and when you want to exit, you need to exit in dollars. dollars. And that exchange rate can wipe out your gains. A manufacturing (laughs) company will be concerned about taxes. Taxes. and such. So now that's where you have to customize your sector and say, in my sector, we expect to see huge growth. You see, we can say the Kenyan economy is... Subdued, mm-hmm. but there are pockets that are doing very well. Sure. You can talk like about ag is doing very well. So I think it comes down to now bringing all the information down and say for this sector, even more than that, for this sub-sector, because you can be in agriculture, Yeah, dairy is doing very well, but, but maybe pork is not doing not well. There. So now it gets down to your business data, because right. what we give you are macroeconomic data. Mm. You as a business owner sitting on business data, that now can sharpen your focus. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a delicate science. Right. It's a delicate effort. But I think with a lot of consultation, somebody should be able to come up with a reasonable... Um, assumptions. Assumptions that are
1: going to carry the business. Exactly.
0: Which can always be reviewed quarter on quarter, d- depending right. on how how things play out. And I think that's sort of like the thinking uh, behind, be, um, behind forecasting.
1: So the other thing I picked up is we need to have that are very liquid and very flexible because if there's anything we've seen this year is how we started the year off how we were mid and now we are barely end of the year what we forecasted at the beginning (laughs) we would not have foreseen Israel Hamas we would not have foreseen the fuel prices and all this and now when I am reading my numbers and I had dollars. I can tell you for sure. My loss is is wiping out most of my gains <laughs> <laughs> because of that. <laughs> and uh, I think this whole bricks thing needs to be put together very well because uh, I think that is also another conversation that maybe needs to be put on the table.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think anybody at the beginning of this year, if you told them you'll be selling your dollars at one fifty two, wow. yeah, that even the worst case scenario <laughs> we would, never would not have, have had the <laughs> and that tells you how delicate That's the true. science uh, of forecasting is right. it's, it's, it's moving so um, and especially for businesses that have what is called a currency yeah. mismatch yeah, where your expenses are in dollars but your income is in, is in shillings. shillings so you're always getting worse yeah. and worse off yeah. so I think for them now what you just mentioned about hedging you know so getting into some of these instruments right. that can help sort of Um, shield you could be useful
1: Well, Ken I think I can say you have a lot of work to do next year (laughs) (laughs) rather towards (laughs) the end of the year because that is the information we are really going to be uh, looking out to so to so your focus for the interest rates, the outlook is they are predicting that it should come down And this would be positively affecting us. And then maybe like uh, towards next year, we can see the interest rates also on our side reducing. But uh, we cannot see the same happening in Europe, for sure. So anyone who's exporting to Europe, that is something that they, they have to now start foreseeing and uh, start planning for it. So does that mean now, I don't know, I start uh, moving towards the U.S., start moving towards the East?
0: That's a good observation. Indeed, Europe um, has been facing a tough time. So anybody exporting, whether it's your French beans, whether it's your roses, you have to be aware that the market there might not be as vibrant As, as it used to be because people just have so much on their plate, right. they might not be able to buy as many roses of a Valentine's as maybe you saw last year. So you have to be always alive, uh, alive to that sort of uh, as a business. But indeed, there are pockets of the economy, as you said, like the U.S. is doing fairly well. China is slowing down. So one has to, if one is an exporter, one has to really think: How do I mitigate mm-hmm. the risk of having lower revenue? Right. Number one, you think of avocado. You know, there's this whole ban on avocado exports. And that's a cash cow for some farmers in this country so far. So assuming a farmer is doing part avocado, part um, French beans. And he's being told avocado has actually Uh, been stopped. stopped. French beans demands might be subdued. Mm -hmm. Your roses might Mm -hmm. also be subdued. So one has to think. But remember... That farmer is also earning in a foreign currency. Yes. He's being paid in sterling. Yeah. He's being paid in, in, U- in, dollars in dollars or in any other foreign mm-hmm. currency, which have strengthened yeah. against our currency. So it Quite. might be been in an interesting situation which is also very similar to the diaspora, people sending and the remittances, the remittances yeah. where maybe the amount they're selling is smaller, is smaller. But, but the it exchange has rate a, yeah, it has, has a worked a in their <laughs> figure so well <laughs> that you here you don't notice. You cannot <laughs> notice. You're just like,
1: hey, ah, our remittances have you know, grown. you
0: know, receive in <laughs> shillings, so you don't exactly know what was said in dollar uh, yeah, terms. Right, but right. you might actually find it, bit, it was lower. It was lower. But... The benefit of the currency has (laughs) has (laughs) has helped them yeah so it it requires a lot of and that's why i think you know the scouts always say be prepared prepared. this is a time you need to have your notebook to take stock of the big things obviously you're not in control of these things but it helps so much to be sort of have a reasonable understanding Mm. of how things might play out that really helps you in the negotiations because sure. that's one of the questions just earlier. What can you do with that information? Exactly. It helps you as you negotiate with your suppliers.
1: You can foresee. You can
0: always say, okay, I'm going to be earning in dollars. M- financial focus says the dollar will be this, so I can have this kind of negotiation right. with my suppliers. Yeah. I can even maybe even given maybe even give a small bonus, based on that. So it's it's it it helps. Knowledge is power. It is. That's why the Bible says, my people perish.
1: Yeah, for lack of <laughs>
0: <laughs> information, gives you tools ah, and resources to navigate. Right the global environment, yes.
1: And I'm hoping through your absolute um, experience, we are getting to learn and we are also putting all these things on our notebooks because for sure I know I'm writing notes eh, because (laughs) (laughs) I have homework that you gave me last week (laughs) and (laughs) it's being worked on. Uh, One interesting question that came about was uh, why is it that we saw a drastic decline in the fuel prices once the Israel-Hamas war began. There was, there's, there was a, a drastic uh, decline. Although on our side, we are still yet to see if at all it's going to play out in our market. Why was that the case at that particular point?
0: Uh, that's an excellent question Yambura. And indeed, when a listener listens to this show and hears about commentary on global fuel right. uh, we spend so much talk- time talking about the wars yeah. Israel-Hamas. Yeah. And it's easy for somebody to forget that there are other factors mm. playing in. Yes, right. Israel, Hamas is a dominant. Yeah. But there is other factors behind the scenes. And one of those other factors is global demand.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Which is determined by interest rates. When interest rates go up, yeah, as we've seen in the past few months, demand for goods and services go down. Go down. And that's you saw the commodities coming down. And oil is a commodity. So that had been a primary, the fact that you're seeing a slowdown in China right. means they need less fuel. You're seeing a ah. slowdown in Europe, they need less fuel. Yes, America is a bit vibrant, but globally, they're deep the demand. in demand. So I think that demand thing has sort of taken a backseat because oh. of the Israel-Hamas, but it's a big thing. Actually, demand drives. And I think once we resolve the Israel-Hamas thing, that will be the big thing. So I think... The commentary has been on the wars, and it, it can be easy to forget that yeah. demand is actually the main economics about supply and demand at the Absolutely. end of the day. And, and and that, in fact, yeah, it's a demand game. So I think those outlooks were, those that dip was really s- responding to higher interest rates and lower consumption, just people consuming. Okay. I mean, even here in Kenya, you saw consumption of fuel had dipped, dipped by 12%, right. and that is playing out globally. So... I actually expect that to be even a bigger story than Israel Hamas. Just we, we talk about it less yeah. than there was.
1: Because that was the one thing everybody was asking. The fuel prices are declining. But we are being told on our, on the other side that we are expecting them to go up. So what we forget is demand and supply still rules the market. So if at all there is less demand then as well the supply is a lot. So there is a lot of uh, fuel in the market. So are we <laughs> are we anticipating good news today? What, what do you think? <laughs> what is your forecast? Well,
0: I definitely don't see the <laughs> 300 scenario. I think yeah. that was look at the worst case, worst case scenario. I mean, I, I expect to see a moderate right. uh, people upwards here, yeah, but I don't expect to see um, the 300. I think that was more of just um, looking at possibilities out there. So, yes, I know nowadays 14th has become... <laughs> The day <laughs> that every Kenyan wants to go to right. the fuel station, I think the fourteenth has become maybe aside of fourteenth of February. Yeah, the fourteenth of every other month is <laughs> always associated with, <laughs> <laughs> with fuel. It's called the fuel rush. <laughs> I don't know. I'm
1: hoping they they maintain it. Uh, I would I'd pray that they maintain it, uh, and then maybe, you know, wait and see how it's going to be like for a month so for the markets and it's interesting how uh, when we're always beginning the show we run this clip that says there's always an assumption that when the markets are going up that the economy is booming uh, which we have come to see and I think our listeners and I think every time you listen to the show you can tell that they're not synonymous when the markets are doing so well does not mean also that the economy is growing so well and uh, case in point being, I think we look at mostly the US um, and we know in Kenya, we also have our foreign players dominating the market. So I think when we look at it in that matter, we mostly capture what is happening uh, generally. And I can tell you for the commodities out there, our energy futures, our energies back up last week, all of them were down. Uh, metal, as well, has gone up. Uh, agriculture, we're having a mix and match. There are those that are up. Wheat is up. Corn is up. Sugar and coffee are down. Uh, but what do you think, with the background of when the markets are up, the economy is up. So what is that 2 face of that statement?
0: Well, remember, I think that's one of the most powerful questions <laughs> you've ever <laughs> asked on financial focus. And indeed, that intro is always very catchy. It is very catchy. You know, you can almost even sing along yeah. <laughs> when they say I it. I love it. And for me, I think it it's really at the heart of what we're trying to achieve at financial focus. Yeah. Because you look at the American market, um, entre- on entrepreneurship, mm. and I'll talk a bit about what a certain professor told me about, entrepreneurship last week but entrepreneurship and innovation uh, drive the American economy together with consumption because mm. you said you need supply and and demand, and demand. Yep. so investments in businesses has become in private business the capitalist project has become so sophisticated that it plays out in the stock market right and that's the main Avenue for capital. Mm. So if you have cheap money coming from Fed lowering interest rates, all that money goes to the stock market. And somebody might sit there and ask, where doesn't that play out in Kenya? And that's a very, very powerful point. Mm. And I think it it has a lot to do with the investment opportunities we have here. (coughs) The main investment option that most Kenyans are familiar with is land.
1: And <laughs> real, estate. real estate, yeah. yes.
0: Anybody who gets a bonus somewhere, buying land. or does a deal,
1: I'm buying land. exactly. Right.
0: It's it's so part of our DNA, yeah. And the structure around that a lot a lot of elements around it have been neglected. So the idea of acquiring land and speculating, it's so deep in our Engrained. DNA that we've never really thought about what it does to the rest of the oh. economy because you have no opportunity cost to just can hold land yeah. and you can As have it and speculate. Right. In no other major city can you do that. If you go to the US, Europe, mm. you pay property rates yeah. on that. So yeah. the idea of you having idle land, land is not it becomes a cost to you. It's a cost to you because who would have idle land? in can you have idle land everywhere? Yeah. So because of that function that we've not completed it It means the land really draws all the money into it. Mm. But when there's that opportunity cost, now people start looking for stocks. And I keep saying our financial markets will be fully liberated when we address um, land as an investment opportunity and being able to think about it. Because as long as it is how it is today, you'll never have any vibrant financial markets. Because they're probably like, why should I, when I can just I sit can on just this hold. and hold and be a millionaire in 10 years? So it's a very, very powerful thing. Land and money are very, very, they're the two main axes in which we think about economics. These are the two main axes. So proper thinking on how do we address um, land investments will be the key that will unlock the equities, will unlock um, all the other financial instruments that are almost people think they're dead. <laughs> you know but it's not that dead it's just money is never channeled to them
1: Ken, I think you need to take a break and uh, let us digest <laughs> this information let us take a short break <laughs> And we are back 98.4 capital fm this is the financial forecast a show that delves into matters finance economy money matters and you're with me nyambura Ndongo, alongside ken gishinga chief economist mentoria economics now ken <coughs> before we went on break i had asked about how our stock market is booming <laughs> <laughs> if I can use that word. <laughs> but that does not reflect the same for our economy. And uh, you had just mentioned the fact that as uh, the Kenyan I am, my benchmark to wealth has to be I have to have a plot of land somewhere. So that means then when I look at the stock market and when I look at it uh, globally and when I look at it Kenyan, th- there's... A huge discrepancy between what it reflects, what we think it should be reflecting, and that means that there's a part and a huge segment that we always do not put way much more focus on, and that is real estate.
0: You have absolutely said it very well. And that is the first piece. Right. That land piece. The second piece is really on our interest rates on government securities. Um the infrastructure bond right. floated last week was at about 18, 17.9%. And it's almost, it's Mm risk-free. And it's tax-free. So that's another avenue that is channeling, taking away funds that should be going to business and entrepreneurship. So those two avenues, those two pipes, are really what drain liquidity away from what should be going. So somebody will say, okay, I will buy land, but if I don't, in the event that I don't find a nice piece of land, there's a nice infrastructure, infrastructure bond infrastructure
1: <laughs> bonds. that
0: will to go into the government. <laughs> so the stock market is very... And in fact, if you look at many pension funds, right. you look at their portfolios, number one is always land and government bonds.
1: I can tell you for sure I was in one of such meetings. Right. <laughs> and uh, the highest... The highest... Um, where most of the money has actually been put was... Um, fixed deposits right. uh, because they are giving very secure returns and uh, interestingly real estate was on the pipeline. So it was an element of that as well.
0: And it's actually might present a big crisis.
1: Yes, this and the t and bonds.
0: To, to it might actually create a, p- a crisis to some of our pension funds because think of how a pension fund works. Right. It buys these real estate holdings then it. you want to put up a a nice estate. Right. And the idea that you'll have many units and people will pay you rent and that rent you can pay to your pensioners. Right. Now what happens when you have a glut? When you have an estate
1: and you do not have people And there are no in. buyers.
0: So now you have huge
1: Real pensioners money
0: that you've tied in. You can't You can't
1: liquidate you can't
0: liquidate. And that's why the RBA in its wisdom mm. really has tried to put Caps that's true. as to how much yeah, you can in put each in, in each asset class, yeah, yeah. and I think that's a prudence that is required. So that now you start putting money into businesses, into stocks. So in mm. those European and American countries, they have those very clear delimitations. Right. So that they they say um, ability to diversify actually lowers your risk right. uh, in investment portfolio. So I think that's what we need to do, and I think once we can, number one, we can sort out what I've mentioned and also look at interest rates. Right. Because when interest rates are very high, when you have infrastructure bonds of 18%, mm-hmm. they suck out the liquidity from the economy. completely. And that bond was oversubscribed by 177%. <coughs> so that's money in another world that would have been going to Safaricom stocks, KQ stocks, Corp Bank stocks, Capital F- FM stocks. So, <laughs> let me ask <laughs> at that particular point. <laughs>
1: so, if it was oversubscribed,
0: right,
1: is there a point in time the government takes back that money? Like I remember when the <laughs> Safaricom IPO came out, and it was very oversubscribed. Right. We got back our money. So, does the government do that? Considering how, as our governor said, uh, CBK. No, no, no. Actually, it wasn't It was Ndogo, uh, yes. And he was like, We're having a liquidity problem. So I have all this money and I'm having a challenge with my money. So do I give it back to you? Or what happens? Are that do they make a special, I don't know, something that they're going to make money with and then give you back your money? Or how does that work?
0: Well, they do have a bidding system. Right. And Ha- to participate in these things, you need to have a CDS, mm. CDS, account, CDS account where you yeah. can do your bidding either personally or through your
1: the broker. Your broker. Mm-hmm.
0: So the fact that you have an account there means it can always be credited and debited, right. whether it's accepted or not. Yeah. So the bidding system ov- obviously starts with the cheapest mm-hmm. bids, building up to where you Premium. you get, you say this is what is acceptable okay. um, to, 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 to that and that's how it works. Obviously, anything more than that is 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 declined. Mm. Now, you've raised a very interesting point about accepting more right. than Not you really. had planned. Yeah,
1: to I do. have a cash crunch.
0: And for me, a bull has been very problematic that w- with that particular point because I think it confuses the market because you said, I'm coming in to raise 50 billion. Now you
1: have 60,
0: Now I have 86. Mm then i pick more so it confuse it mm. it 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 makes it very hard to allocate the price of money at that time and it's something i've really thought about personally whether A, it's an act of prudence i don't even think it's prudent mm. but even more importantly it distorts true. what the pricing is and it's good we give real life examples sometimes to to crystallize what this means. Supposing you have an apartment complex right. of a hundred units mm-hmm. and let's say you want to test the market so you'll say I'll, I'll only auction one, o- unit one unit to see to see how much the value is. Yeah. So Grace comes to bid Ken okay. bids, Danny bids. Right. Let's say Nyambura bids 10 million for Uh that unit. Danny bids 9 million. And I bid. 35. No, 8 million. (laughs) Let's say that. (laughs) Right.
1: Okay. Right. Uh
0: So, of course, he'll say, and the apartment goes to to Nyambura because you bid 10M. I just bid that. So, there's this 9 and 8 by Ken and Danny, 17 Mm -hmm. extra, Uh that he'll say, instead of you guys going back home with your money.
1: And you're already willing to spend uh, it anyway.
0: Anyway. Can I give you two more units for that price? A a studio, then. Actually, for that price. I'll give you for that price. I'll take your 9M and I'll take your 8M. So what is the average now of the unit? It has come down. It'll be 10, 9, 8. It'll be 9M.
1: Yeah.
0: So now other people, because you have 97 other units that need to be sold. True. They'll be like, okay. So Someone the actual price is 9M, m, but yeah. you paid... 10. So you'll sell all the others at 9M, because that's the average. So you distort <laughs> the distort the market. And I've always said, when you go in for something, accept what is given and use that, because that sends the right signal. The moment you, have you accept more, it's better you say, this money, let's use it in the next auction. We can keep it and in the next... But the moment you start... You make it hard for you people distort. to calculate right. the, the price of, of, of money because now you've accepted more for for, for that much. So I think it's something that we need to think about compared with other countries. Okay. The countries are just coming in for what they had said they're coming in, whether you bid not a cent more or not a cent less. So you have a very clear idea on what the price of money is.
1: You know, can that reminds me of a conversation we had when I first learned about the market for lemons, it's called uh-huh. market for lemons, yes. where willing buyer, willing seller. So if at all I come in and I'm selling this car for five, because you know this car is for five, you're going to buy it at five, but maybe mm. that car can be even sold for seven. at this particular point, since I've told it's five, it is going to be sold at five. So then that makes sense. So in this, in this scenario, then the government should give back the excess. That they actually received way much more than the amount that they were willing to raise, is that it?
0: So that lemon situation is, is actually called the information asymmetry, right. where the seller has more information, more
1: information than then. the
0: buyer. Typically. That tends to happen a lot. Yeah. If you look at a used car, Mm -hmm. the seller will not tell you all the accidents he has had.
1: It is very nicely painted, (laughs) trust me, it is working. In fact, it was driven by a woman.
0: (laughs) (laughs) On our weekly tour to the supermarket. (laughs) Totally. So that information asymmetry, as you say, um, obviously helps the seller, but it Mm -hmm. it, it distorts the market. It also happens a lot in insurance And yes. a lot of people come to you for a policy. Mm-hmm. You don't know the health con. They don't report fully report you know. what the health condition mm-hmm. So if you can't detect it, then I won't tell you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, obviously that plays be. out. So obviously I think when the government always wants to reduce that information asymmetry between mm-hmm. buyers and sellers and I think that's the reason you want to maintain very prudent approaches to say we came to the auction for this and we want noth- not, not mm-hmm. a cent more. That is it. If you don't get lucky in this bid, there's another. weekly? Yeah. You can we'll do this next do week. Yeah, one. we'll roll over it to next week. I can tell uh, you, in mm.
1: terms of accounting, getting money that you had not anticipated for in advance is just problematic. Trust me, you d- you do not want to be in that scenario, because when it comes calling and you cannot actually um, deliver, then you're going to be in so much trouble.
0: <laughs> so back to the three apartments uh-huh. that we have. So the three apart- apartments have been sold for 10, 9 and 8. Right. So we've said the average value is That's 9, 9 million. Mm-hmm. So Daniel is has got it at the market price. Right. You've paid a, a million. I've paid more. more. Yeah. And I've paid w- less. A million a less. A million less. <laughs> so all the other units that come to bid will be told the value of this home is actually 9m. That's what the average was, right? So, everybody will be paying more <laughs> than, <laughs> than they should have. Wow. Though they'll be told they did an auction and yeah. was a winner. Got 10 m, yeah. But you know, the true will I disclose is 9 m. So, all the other 97 units will pay a million more, <laughs> yes. Than than the market value, and you can see how distorting <laughs> that 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 can be because you have not told you that the two other guests came in, so you had to get a market average <laughs> my punchline so, question right
1: mm. sorry if at all I've interjected then real estate do we have it as part of the indices <laughs> that we measure, and I know we've discussed even housing that is Always one of the key things that everybody looks at and goes, hey, We're about to be in a uh, small problem.
0: I mean, there are some entities that uh, have been putting reports on this. Yeah, I know there's some um, like mm-hmm. the Haas Index Haas uh, well. that talks about both urban and peri urban. Mm-hmm. Um, I think gong has been considered to be one of the fastest growing, growing I think it's about 17 percent. Okay, so. Those, there are companies that do reports um on that in terms of, I think the periabans have really benefited from, particularly after COVID, yeah. when everybody was like, okay, I need to finally find my place and build it. I think Rock. those areas have really come up very, mm. very big. Uh, but there's also not the most structured things of what I call rates. Mm. And I think one day, maybe we can have a guest coming and unpacking rates. rates yeah. Real estate, investment Mm -hmm. trusts extremely fascinating Mm -hmm. thing that can unlock so much value right because the challenge with the real estate it's it lacks structure everybody wants to invest yeah but it lacks structure it's it's not divisible like 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 that so definitely i think we should have one episode on real estate investment trusts Mm -hmm. that have come up and how they're unlocking uh, the value so it there's a lot of good progress going on there but there still needs a lot of work, things of valuation. You know, mm. in Yambora you'll get true. three different valuers. You point them to the same piece of land.
1: They will give you totally different. Three
0: different. They'll give you 10,
1: 8, and 9. Exactly.
0: <laughs> That's it. One will tell you they use discounted cash flow. Right. One, they say they use a comparable asset. Mm-hmm. Another one, they'll market say read. market rate. Right. Others willing, buyer willing. So, yeah. <laughs> so there's still things that are needed. I think the players still need to come mm-hmm. together. We need to build that framework because it's a sector that can unlock so much growth. True. You know, when the colonialists and the British came to Kenya, it was different for them than in other African countries. They were coming to settle Uh in these countries, unlike maybe in Ghana, Uh where they were coming to look for cocoa and oil. For Kenya, they were coming to settle. settle. So Kenya is is a real estate. It's a place Mm -hmm. where you want to live because the climate is moderate these excellent mm-hmm. conditions, mm-hmm. so we've never reflected on that reason to see how prime our real estate mm-hmm. is. I mean, the royal family had their proposal right here yeah, right, yeah. in Kenya, so I don't think we ever re- reflected how big real estate. Right. but it needs to have structures. It, ne- it can't just be a wild, wild west. I agree. As it is right, it needs to have form and structure. You need to have um, regulation, you now that makes it for that full value know to come to come up
1: and I agree with you because I think the other conversations that have come about real estate is Kenya somehow seems to have the most expensive of real estate as it were, and you know someone will tell you if at all you look at such a mansion in South Africa, you'll get it for way much less, and if at all it's not structured, and my valuation is going to be different because we have. Then, also, does that mean that either we overvalue is there is there a possibility that we have grown this and uh would it have been more structured would we would we also have been looking at uh the two thousand and seven housing crisis because at that particular point one house i mean it's it's based on what i what I think I can buy or can get for this land so if there is no structure then there's nothing that you can hold, there's no structure so the land can I can look at my books and say I have real estate worth 50.
0: It's highly overvalued and it's tied to what I said earlier about uh, our rating system. Our rates are way too low. Okay. In Nairobi we pay about 0.015 if you go to Cape Town if you go to Joburg most cities are in the 1% 2% range and Nairobi, we are talking of zero point zero one five, and it's it's almost optional. I mean, okay. the percentage yeah. of properties that People even pay are, even paying are quite that low. Of money. So because of that lack of uh, discipline okay. in South Africa, you pay it actually paid monthly in South Africa. Wow. It's not an annual check.
1: So you're definitely not going to be actually sometimes that. You
0: even get financing from your bank wow. to assist because <laughs> if you're paying two percent Pum- on Pum- a property worth, you know, okay. so you actually have to break it down into installments because sometimes. It's asti- and, and those countries, like in South Africa, if you don't pay, you don't get access to so many of their services. Okay. The water, the seawater. I mean, it's. Or they cut it. It's Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's wow. strict. And you go to the US. In New York, mm-hmm. it's about 1%. And okay. if you don't pay it for three years. So they're very strict. And that is actually like the discipline. The government? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that is the discipline that has been lacking. All and right. that's why. The cost of speculation in Kenya is... There's no cost. It Literally, is. it's something people do on Saturdays. <laughs> you go have nyama, <laughs> and they go buy lunch, and we'll just sit on it. Because there's no... People never think uh, of it. You never I do that in any other city. Uh, yeah, Like, foreigners come to Kenya, and like, how do you get spend your Saturdays we, talking go, about my land we have and nyama, nyama, and you see where we can buy we land for farming? No, just to sit on <laughs> it. <laughs> so, we, so it's going to be a, an interesting point how we, we cure that because okay. that's the reason people go to Santon and
1: yeah. they say, Wow, it's how can it be? This man. home
0: is so much more prettier. Yeah. The Bigger. neighborhood has better schools, right. better health care, better security, better transport, right. yet it's cheaper, cheaper. <laughs> than what I have here, Where the road is non existent, yeah, <laughs> break ins like every day, right? There is yet I it's more expensive. I have to invest in my private or
1: my piece of land can be resold three times,
0: <laughs> exactly. Right. And it's
1: because of, yeah,
0: they we've not had okay. we've not applied economics okay. to our planning for these things. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: Ah, okay, okay. And I think every single day we have this uh, show, I learn something new. And I'm hoping somebody out there is also listening and learning some of the things that we need to b- do much better. Now, there was an interesting thing that happened uh, in terms of Africa. And we are seeing uh, our president had traveled over the weekend, he was in the Arab world. And they have money to give because we have seen that the Chinese are holding back on um, the investments that they're actually putting in in Africa can what is what's the new direction that uh, the Chinese are now holding back now we're getting the east now coming like Middle East
0: yeah China has been having a change of heart Uh, (laughs) for the last 10 years they've been funding mega Mm -hmm. infrastructure projects your SGR right your dams, exactly, and they're cutting back on that. I think um, the Western countries have been claiming that China is trapping countries in a debt trap, and that's not um, a publicity that China likes to have uh, because (laughs) African countries have been struggling with debt. So there's been that feeling that the West has been propagating that idea that uh, China is... In debting, oh, right. in a good place like Zambia, yeah. they're almost about to lose an airport <laughs> because, you know, of those debts. <laughs> so, so that <laughs>
1: conversation that was there some time back about our port was probably, <laughs> okay. I'll not, I'll I will not, not comment on that one. On that okay, one. Thank you. So China <laughs> is
0: rethinking its Belt and Road Initiative. Okay. It's trying to green it and it wants to fund small ticket projects okay. like $50 million and below. And below. You know, that sounds big to you, t- but to them, that's <laughs> it's <a> small <laughs> projects. Things that have a social impact. Okay. Things that are less exposed to corruption. Things that have an environmental impact. impact. So they're not even funding so much of these fossil fuels. Solar. Just trying solar and, right. and, and such. It's a change of heart. Belt and road needs to be greener. So in that vacuum, because everybody's asking, who will pick up that vacuum? Right. And uh, Saudi Arabia is stepping up. We still
1: need the road, we still need the development.
0: The infrastructure gap in Africa is about $100 billion every year. So we need $100 billion just to keep up with the population growth. Growth. So somebody has to foot that bill. All right. And uh, the latest newcomer has been Saudi Arabia, Mm -hmm. the crown prince, hosted 50 uh, African leaders. Yeah. And they have a $700 billion sovereign wealth fund and they think they can put it to good use in Africa. So that could be uh, an avenue where you find Saudi Arabia is, I mean, Saudi Arabia is nowhere near the side of China. Right. But they can fill that gap. Morocco is also looking at private investments. So they had uh, an investment summit looking at what the private sector can do. As I said, all these pension funds that are investing in land and bonds Mm
1: -hmm. can Mm -hmm.
0: also put money in infrastructure. Okay. So that's another ah. thing that they're trying to see. Right. So I think the structure of financing will be changing. Okay. Infrastructure financing, I think, will be driven a bit more by Saudi Arabia. Um, private sector will also play a role. So it's an interesting shift in how our global politics is playing out.
1: Random, <coughs> not so random question, Ken. <coughs> Can we get these loans in the, they call it the UAE? dollar. The dirhams?
0: Yeah. (laughs) But Saudi Arabia or
1: yeah. I mean they're willing to give us the money. So since I'm sure it's much better rate than the dollar. (laughs) At least the conversations that probably were being had over the weekend. (laughs) I don't know. I'm thinking I'm thinking like an economist on behalf of this country.
0: Uh, international the dollar still dominates international supreme. but you'll be surprised even China when it lends still, still lends in, in, in the in USD, so it's still the standard currency for okay. international accounting mm-hmm. in a sense so I'd expect even these sovereign wealth funds that Saudi Arabia has it's from selling oil to the world True. and they get they it get in dollars dollar. so um, an African country is still badly needed I mean you saw Egypt trying to batter, sure. you know with Kenya. So I'd expect that to be the case, mm-hmm. but it's very important. I think you raise an important point is are we modeling this debt in a way of if the dollar hits 200, 200
1: what do you will we you be or? able
0: to repay that's where now the heavy thinking has to be. Of course government has its internal forecasts, but I think it's important that we understand how those focus look like because if this thing slides further right. than your debt already I saw our external debt has gone up by $145 billion Just, just because rate. of it. So, yeah. So, we have to be very, very careful um, in terms of getting external debt. In fact, we need to just have a bit more domestic debt running our own thing because we don't know that. Uh,
1: and I know we had this discussion of Mike at some point and we discussed how, if at all I know I'm going to be borrow, uh, borrowing borrowing in dollars, why can't I hedge can and tell you, when I borrowed, it was at one fifty six. I think the highest you can get, maybe, is hundred and seventy, and then at that particular point, then it can't surpass that. Is that a conversation that should be had? <coughs> well,
0: Sorry. they they are forecasts, and that depends on how accurate <laughs> your forecasts are. Hedging mm-hmm. assumes that you have a pretty good grasp over the next and that's, that's why sure. when you go to the banks and you do these forwards they may not do for more than six months Okay. because you can Very say you can guess global events for six months for you two years you're
1: pushing it yeah right. now imagine
0: the world before no. COVID mm. in 2020 January and now it's so a four years but the world has completely changed changed so yeah. the longer the duration and if you look at private equity firms you know they have a five to seven year duration before ah. they exit so it's it's very hard so I think you might get more players on the shorter side like okay we can help you with hedging for six months but to get somebody who can carry that risk for like five years no,
1: it's, not
0: it's very 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 difficult
1: Okay, we had the state of the nation um, last week of course our president had lots to say, but what is the one thing that you picked out of the state of the nation
0: I think it was the eurobond right. um, issue the fact that um, there is a sense there was a worry mm. that was coming from citizens from investors from market participants that the eurobond might weigh heavily on us and I think they needed to address that very quickly yeah. and I think the solution to that was to start prepaying uh, with 15 percent next month. I think there was a reaction that if we don't start showing these outward Uh, gestures that uh, we can do it, the market is going to run ahead of itself. So Mm. I think for me that was the key. And it tells me that uh, those concerns had reached the highest level, the highest office, and something needed to to happen. Now, what happens when you prepare a bond? You know, That's the whole world of opinion in terms of what that means. Some Mm. people say they can actually um, look as as a default those Fitch that had come up with that or Moody's.
1: Right. If I repay mm. in advance, I'm
0: defaulting. <laughs> it's very interesting <laughs> world right there. <laughs> you know, I think very often we try to equate personal finance and
1: is our government public to? finance? Yeah, public finance.
0: And to your point, you know. If you give a loan to your friend, you want it to be paid at the earliest opportunity. By all means. But when you think of people who are bondholders and they have yeah. a schedule, yeah. The way and the sequence of those flows is very particular. Okay. So if somebody had a Euro bond and had a schedule of June next year, I'm getting that principal back. And had a model of how interest rates will be June next year. Yeah. So they can put it in another Asset. Now you've complicated that whole thing. Now I have to get part of it in December, and then and I don't know what this piece of December to do. So you complicate. So actually, there's some od- od- advisory opinion pieces that actually consider that to be a default. And sometimes people say, "Oh, the image that you're paying." So it's very in- it's 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 very counterintuitive it because you always say it you is. always want your money back also at the earliest opportunity. Yeah. But actually, really the world of finance is not just about money; it's about time. When. Yeah, the how much and the when totally. are tied at the heap. You can't just separate. Mm-hmm. So Decide
1: now that I've gotten uh, a win for, <laughs> let me. <laughs> I don't need this money anymore, thanks. Um, I will repay it at that interest.
0: It's fascinating. So there's still debates. I know Fitch uh-huh. and Moody's had given that opinion, but I think government said no. So I think that they still collect opinions, but it's 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 an ex- it's very eye-opening. It is. It's because it's very counterintuitive. <laughs> it wow.
1: Ken, your parting shots. I think we can continue this show I said you all the time <laughs> I, I always love our discussions but time is not on our side So what is our parting shot this week?
0: I think the parting shot is to reflect on that state of the nation Yeah. Uh, I think it's important um, Kenyans go deep into it not just on the Eurobond part but end to end to think about the opportunities let's not just only think about the risks there's the issue of the Africa Pan-African payment systems which I think can be a game changer, where we can trade with other African countries. You can Zambia and Kenya can trade between the kwacha and the shilling. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the opportunities. So I think it's we need to have minds that adapt, that adapt to new realities. Not just if one door closes, another door opens. Depends. And I think the best strategies are people who are able to adapt, have the humility, and have the presence of mind to adapt to a new situation, because there will be opportunities moving forward.
1: Ken, that is absolutely amazing. Another wonderful episode that we've had. I'm taking notes and I'm listening to every other episode that we've had because let me tell you, I think at the end of this, I'm going to be saying, did I listen to Ken? Because come January, come February, come um, April, when we are looking at the Q1 review, these are some of the questions and the conversations you're going to be having uh, we know where the country was at the end of last year so when we forecasted had we looked at all these things and all these perspectives from global to local thank you and we come to the end of our financial forecast you can catch up on this episode and every other latest episode that we've had on our Capital FM SoundCloud page and anywhere you get your podcast from remember we appreciate your feedback your comments your suggestions on our WhatsApp line 0701984984 and all our social media pages at Capital FM Kenya, hashtag financial forecast. It is a good evening from us and we get ready to listen to the hype with Manjera later. Good evening.